NWP Radio. You're listening to NWP Radio, a production of the National Writing Project. NWP. Yo, it's a new year and all of us are ready to grab the mic again in celebration of incredible writers and wonderful teachers. I'm wishing you all good health, optimism, hope, pens, and writing journals as we continue to look into the future. My name is Brian Ripley Crandall. I'm the director of the Connecticut Writing Project at Fairfield University, and I'm super excited for tonight's show. In fact, I have to give a special shout out to Miss Kelly Roth, class of 1990 from the J. Graham Brown School, who introduced me and fellow teachers to the power of the microphone. It was her who started a strong tradition of poetry, slams, poetry cafes, and spoken word events for K-12 writers at our school, which spread across the district. I am always on the lookout for any book that celebrates verse, oral traditions, and the power of poetry. So boom, shazam, wow, kapow, those are Marvel superhero words, poet T.L. Sanders. We've got a show tonight. Tanya, how do we do it? Hi, Brian. <laughs> Happy 2022. I know you've been under the weather, but no one could tell. Um, <laughs> your energy and enthusiasm are, were, I knew, going to be a perfect match for this particular show tonight. I'm not sure how we've been doing it, but I think you agree that the right time has been a tremendous celebration for all of us. And I am absolutely thrilled to have Peter Kahn with us tonight and two of the writers featured in his latest collection, Respect the Mic, celebrating 20 years of poetry from a Chicagoland high school. We're so fortunate to have with him Natalie Richardson and Christian Robinson, aka Rapper Rich Robbins too. And the icing on this show's cake, we also have teacher leader and poet extraordinaire, poet T.L. Sanders. This is a collection of phenomenal human beings indeed. Welcome to the show, everyone. Yeah, Tanya, when you contacted me about Respect the Mic and said they were our debut to 2022, I lost some sleep. I couldn't wait to hear from the guests and applaud the editors, Hanif Abdurraqib. I'm sorry, I knew I was going to mess it up. Hanif Abdurraqib. Franny Choi, Danny Sully Sullivan, and Peter Kahn. We are lucky to have Peter with us for the show. For over 20 years, Peter Kahn has been fortunate to employ the power of poetry to help give voice to those previously unheard. He has been a high school teacher at Oak Park River Forest High School in Chicago since 1994 and has recently also taught at Roosevelt University. Peter was recommended in the National Poetry Competition 2009 and 2017. He is a founding member of Malika's Kitchen and co-founder of the London Teenage Poetry Slam. Peter holds an MFA in English education from the Ohio State University and an MFA in creative writing from Fairfield University. Fairfield Ghost Dabs. His 2020 <laughs> book, Little Kings, is a text with interconnected poems and reoccurring characters that feels more like a book of poetic short stories that speak to one another. His new book, Respect the Mic, is an expansive moving poetry anthology representing 20 years of poetry from students and alumni of Chicago's Oak Park River Forest High School Spoken Word Club. It comes out in February. Go Aquarians 2022. Uh, and I have the honor to introduce Natalie. Natalie Rose Richardson was born in New York City to a long line of border crossers and proud people of blended heritage. Natalie is a graduate of the University of Chicago, the Leitowitz Creative Writing Program in Poetry at Northwestern. She is 
a current nonfiction MFA candidate at NYU. Her poetry and prose have appeared or is forthcoming in magazines such as, I had to delete the list a little because I knew I'd trip over myself, Poetry Magazine, Narrative, Orion Magazine, North American Review, Arts and Letters, Chicago Magazine, and others, along with numerous anthologies, including the Golden Shovel Anthology. She has received awards, residencies, or fellowships from such places, this is not a full list, as the Poetry Society of America, the Poetry Foundation, Tin House, the Newberry Library, Scholastica Art and Writing Awards, and the National Student Poets Program. Natalie's work has featured at BBC Radio London, TEDx, WBEZ Chicago, the British Royal Library, the Art Institute of Chicago, and the Poetry Foundation. She is a 2020 Pushcart Prize and Best New Poets nominee. Wow, Natalie, that's a long resume for a young person. Uh, it's so great to have you on the show. And also with Natalie, we have Rich Robbins, a rapper, songwriter, producer, and educator. But more than anything, the Oak Park-born Chicago-based artist is a word, world builder, word and world builder. Rich's early years as a college student in Madison, Wisconsin's first wave hip-hop scholarship program jump-started his artistry. He recorded wide-reaching tracks like Dreams featuring Mick Jenkins, along with records with Sabah, Mother Nature, and more. He has performed at historic venues like the Apollo Theater in New York and has done everything from music festivals to working at Hot 97 as an intern to teaching classrooms of high school students how to read and write poetry and songs. His work is an inward look at society's ills and creates space for listeners to explore. In short, Rich's work critiques the old while envisioning and manifesting the new. His latest releases are available on all streaming platforms. That last line made me laugh because I was already thinking, oh my God, I'm the old and I'm not, I'm the only non-poet on this panel and I have to read Poets Introduction, clearly written by a poet. I do not believe in ducking and deprecating, but I am a little worried about these words in my mouth, I'll just tell you. Poet T.L. Sanders is a modern day Renaissance, Renaissance man who lives to build minds and loves to bodybuild. He speaks French, he plays bass, he is a cage fighting martial artist, he educates. Give him a stage, he articulates. Lend him an ear, he motivates. As a performance professional based in Kansas City, Missouri, Poet has performed at the Kaufman Center for Performing Arts, at the Nelson Atkins Museum of Art, and at several venues located in Kansas City's historic Jazz District, 18th and Vine, including the American Jazz Mu Museum at the Gem Theater and in the Blue Room. As Paper Birch Landing Art Gallery's 2019 Poet in Residence recipient, the winner of the Kaufman Center for Performing Arts 2021 Artful Poetry Contest, a 2021 Missouri Arts Council featured artist, Prairie Lands Writing Project teacher consultant, a cur current curriculum director, and a former elementary, middle, and high school English teacher turned filmmaker, Poet embraces the value of our shared stories. In 2021, Poet delivered The Newborn, an art house film that explores the human side of drug addiction, which is very lovely. And I've had the opportunity to see an interview Poet about. Anya, uh, we've got poets in the house. We have poets in the house, Brian. <laughs> Uh, which is, means it must be almost time for me to turn off my mic and listen to other people. It's first my pleasure to turn the show over to Poet to introduce the writing prompt for tonight's episode. First of all, hey, authors. I've had the privilege of being deeply invested in your work over the past several days. And I have to say that we are now family. So, que tal, prima Natalie, primo Rich, 
Primo Peter, it's my privilege to enhance our viewers' view of the beauty within your works. And your spoken word club is no doubt the place to be. I wonder what a love letter or a love poem to the Oak Park and River Forest spoken word club would sound like, performed, huh? With that said, I would like to invite the listeners to pause and to write. Think about a place that makes you, think about what makes you adore a certain place. Consider where you read, eat, bike, write, like to visit or vacation. Recall the events and memories that you've experienced because this noun exists. Be specific. So start your letter. Dear, name the place or the spot. It's your choice to sign it or keep it anonymous. Oh, what I'm signing off, but I can tell you while you all talk with one another, I am writing. Thank you for Proving. that. So you guys will write a short love letter to the spot or place that makes you happy. And then we're going to continue this party. All right. So speaking of places, the Spoken Word Club is a safe place where students feel free and a plethora of emotions to create. Clearly, there's a legacy behind the lines. Would you guys talk about how this poetry party got started? All right, how about I'll, I'll start and then pass the baton. So I used to hate teaching poetry. I've been teaching high school since 1994 and spent a few years just botching it and basically turning people off to poetry like I had been turned off when I was a kid. Um, and I was fortunate to bring in a former student named Jonathan Vaughn. I said, please salvage this for me. I knew he liked poetry. He was a good poet. And he did a lesson and kids perked up and he brought up the idea of poetry slam. And my students said, can we try that? And the rest kind of was history. Um, and a couple of years later, we started the Spoken Word Club uh, with two students who were going to drop out of high school, who because of poetry turned everything around. And we wanted to broaden that impact. And that was 1999. And it's been a, a beautiful ride since that includes my two guests who are here with me. So we'll go to um, Rich to talk about that. So the start of the journey for me was sophomore year. Uh, well, I guess technically the start of the journey for all of us is freshman year because we all meet Mr. Khan freshman year. Um, but I didn't take it as seriously as, as I should have freshman year when he came and visited into my uh, English classroom and did this whole poetry unit. I came from Philadelphia. I was not too, uh, too familiar with the slam poetry scene by any means, right? And so uh, sophomore year, I, I uh, told myself, you know, you're going to win this thing. Uh, and I decided to, uh, to put my, my effort forward in the uh, poetry unit and end up winning my class slam, uh, advancing to the finals, which was a performance in front of about 850 of my peers. Um, and the rest was history. I think that that feeling, you know, going from a very shy, sheltered kid in class and not really participating much to performing in front of the entire class uh, was was absolutely life changing. So um, that's where it started for me. And then and then everybody also has their little story of Mr. Khan tracking them down specifically. Uh, and he has a very, you know, a, a sixth sense for knowing exactly who would be a great fit for the club and for the program. And so I, I remember, and I don't know if my brain is tricking me in, into thinking that this is how it went down, but I just remember Mr. Khan being behind me all of a sudden, like that, like 
Batman. He was just he was just behind me after one of my classes. And I turned around and he was like, you know, you're joining spoken word, right? And I was like, okay. And I went to that meeting uh, and I don't think I missed a meeting after that. Um, and then I came back to work for the program as well. So spoken word has been a part of my life uh, really for, I don't know how many years that is now, but since I was about 14, 15 years old. I got a terrified flashback listening to you talk about the, the all class slams. I'm sitting here like my adrenaline's going. I'm like, oh God, um, throwback to those days. Um, yeah, I think my my story coming into spoken word is is, is not dissimilar to Christians, but um, maybe different in some fundamental ways, which is, I think, like PK, I, I really hated poetry as a high school student, <laughs> like hated poetry. And um, I made it to the finals in my freshman slam. And as a reminder, these are mandatory, like, you know, it, it's not, you don't opt in, this is part of the class, it's part of the curriculum. <laughs> and I, I had felt as if I kind of was just dragged along into the finals. Um, and just I did not like the experience. It was, you know, I, I think I didn't so much mind the public speaking. I, as a kid, I did a lot of acting. And so I was fine being up in front of people, but it, it's one thing to speak the lines of a script and it's a totally different thing to speak lines that you yourself have written. <laughs> and so I think in a lot of ways, I kind of was terrified by that, did not enjoy it. Um, the same thing happened my sophomore year where yet again, I kind of made it to, to the final round and I'm like hitting myself. Um, I think I was maybe just too, too much of a try hard student where I couldn't put no effort into it. <laughs> so, um, but I, I think in a, in a way, my story is a lot like Christians and that by the time PK had kind of coerced me into a club meeting, it was, I mean, it was truly one of those experiences where it's like, okay, I'm coming back and I'm coming back and I'm coming back and I'm coming back. And three years later, I'm graduating high school, having spent the majority of my high school career after school hours in PK's office in the spoken word club. And it was just this totally life-changing experience. It's amazing because just thinking of your bios, there's self-determination embedded within it and so to hear there's levels of fearful because I see fearless I see fearless and to go from shy to shining I mean I have chills right now that's that's so powerful and Peter for you and your team to have to curate as editors um, organize such language art in such a way I mean that in and of itself is a gift um, can you give us a glimpse as to your process for curating all of this work? Sure. So this was about three and a half years ago. Had the idea. Um, I talked to Sully, who was one of the reasons I started the club, and said, hey, I have this idea to celebrate our 20th anniversary. And he was on board. And then Hanif and Franny had been recent um, master writing workshop leaders for us. And they're younger and they're fantastic. And I thought, all right, I'm going to ask them and see if they want to be co-editors on this. And they, they said, of course. Um, so then it was a matter of, we were limited, I believe, to 70 poems. We, we found an agent and we decided that was going to be the number. 
So about half of the poems in the book were written by current high school students at that time. Uh, just three are still in high school. Three were freshmen when they wrote them and now they're seniors. The rest were sophomores, juniors, seniors, right? Um, so of the 76 poems, about half were them, maybe a quarter were in college at the time, and then the rest were adults. Um, and as we could have had a thousand people in this book easily, right? More than that have come through the club. So as a drawing line, a line in the sand of sorts, it's like, all right, who's been helping out? Who's been volunteering? Who's been staying in touch? And we're going to invite those people to submit. And all, all but a few did. And suddenly we exceeded 70 and had to negotiate a little bit. And we ended up at 76. Um, but the hardest thing was there are so many talented people who've come through this program that are not in the book. For me, that's the most difficult part of the whole process. But those who are in it, um, you know, getting texts with people with pictures of the book because they just came out. Natalie just got hers today. It's just been phenomenal. And as alumni, we had a couple alumni up there today helping out uh, and, you know, getting their autographs in the book. Um, so I hope to get everybody's autograph before it's said and done as, as part of my retirement present. Um, so, yeah, the, the process was really we knew everybody had the talent. And they submitted a couple of poems each and Sully decided which of the two was strongest. And then there was a bit of an editing process with the two of us. And then it went to Hanif and Franny and then Penguin. And before you know it, uh, three and a half years later, this sucker is coming out. You know, it's amazing that you're able to summarize that three and a half year process so sweetly. Um, Natalie and Rich, your pieces, uh, my aunt's angels, and um, Tamales on Christmas are true treasures within this anthology. Would you guys share the story behind your poetry? Is there a volunteer to go first? Uh, I'll go first. Uh, the story behind the poem. Uh, you know, this poem is really just kind of um, um, a celebration and an acknowledgement of uh, the the hardships that uh, my mom's side of the family has had to go through, um, but it's all kind of done through the vessel of um, this tradition that we have, which is making tamales every Christmas or every week before Christmas, um, which unfortunately I did not get to participate in this year, um, but I did get them and they were very good this year. Um, so yeah, so you know we we've we've lost it. My my family is a very tight knit family. Um, and we've lost some some folks in the family, uh, some unexpected, some were expected, um, and it just kind of you know it mentions some of them by name, and and it and it just talks about a family who has gone through a lot of pain, but um, you know it continues to kind of persevere through that through these types of traditions. In my poem, um, my aunt's angels is kind of an ode of sorts to my mom's half sister who suffered from schizophrenia. And the story behind it, I think on a craft level is that at the time that I wrote it, um, or my first draft, I think I was a senior in high school. Um, I was very into magical realism and reading a lot of books that were kind of coming out of the Latin American boom, um, really interested in the possibilities of magical realism and poetry. Um, one of my all-time favorite books of poetry, which is called The Zoo Father by Pascal Petit, was a book that PK had introduced me to in a spoken word club, which just makes ample use of this kind of 
very intense and almost aggressive magical realism. Um, and so in this poem, I, I'm really kind of writing into that tradition or attempting to practice that myself um, by taking on or just completely kind of adopting as reality the hallucinations of angels that um, my aunt suffered from or experienced um, in her life. Thanks for such a transparent view, you know, of, of what's happening in your lives. Rich, please know that I both grieve and celebrate with you regarding the loss and, you know, your family. Um, and Natalie, thank you for um, really highlighting mental health. Um, it's important that we take time, just take time, you know, uh, cherish our loved ones, recognize what they're going through and um, give them hugs. Sometimes it's with words on paper, and sometimes it's a physical squeeze. Uh, how do you guys feel about sharing your poem? Do you mind? I This is gonna make PK laugh. I would absolutely love to. Uh, I This is my favorite thing to do ever. Yes. <laughs> and, um, cool. I'm being sarcastic. I think a part of me still has a little <laughs> bit of that just hesitation to read my poetry in group, but uh, I, I will jump in and say, absolutely, uh, I'll read. And I hope Christian will read after me. <laughs> right on my sister. And you know what? <laughs> Ladies can be first. So you want to go first? The stage is yours. Thank you. <laughs> my aunt's angels. They knock. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm reading from the book. I just, this is so exciting. This is, I, this is my first time opening to the page where my poem is on and I'm, this is amazing. Yes, okay, take two. <laughs> my aunt's angels, they knock on cupboards and ribs, steal mothballs from the wardrobe's dim corners and patch them into their wings. They scream when the kettle boils, their feet and fingers are webbed like geese. Some bake bran muffins in blue children's aprons. The kitchen, powdered in bread flour, a cloud they glide through. Others wrestle the wind through a screen door. When the doorbell rings, they flap their arms and chirp their mockingbird throats. They work in shifts, all night shining shoes. All morning they brush her hair. Some are secretive and break the chimes so she won't know their comings and goings. Others dissect the basement mice and pin the decorative bodies splayed like fans to the walls. Their laughter rakes like tires screeching through a stop. She begs them to stop, but they only start a game of tar and feathers. She opens the door to leave, but more trudge in, ferrying beer bottles and shoehorns, tiny mouse bones dangling from their teeth. Some plant violets in the garden then wash their feet so the dirt won't track in or so the violets won't grow inside. Some rock her to bed and call her baby. Others roll their doll eyes and bite her fingernails to shards as she sleeps. She once woke to a fistful of blood and feathers, believing it a tiny bird she'd crushed in sleep. Tomorrow she will take a pill and they will leave in a mournful parade when angels leave us, they look like lost children. She will spend all day counting their shadows like stitches 
and washing that dead bird from her fingers webs. Thanks guys. There's, All right, Christian. <laughs> well, well, can I can I just quick chat with you, Natalie, about what I mean, this is my first time ever hearing you, girl. I mean, I am just overcome, right? And I just need a moment with you. Can I just have a moment, please? Okay. <laughs> of course. Thank you. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. <laughs> first of all, you. that was amazing. The sounds within your piece. Um, when the doorbell rings, they flap their arms and chirp their mockingbird throats. Thank oh my you. goodness. How, how, where did that come from? I mean, like, wow. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, it's, you know, I, I think I absolutely had an attention to sound in this piece. Um, and I, for me, I think part of that came from, it was quite easy for me to visually imagine what an angel would be like or a, some sort of hallucination. And I think what would be more surprising or and in some ways more interesting for the poem to really enact and take on is imagining what a hallucination might sound like in terms right. of kind of making it all the more real and, and present uh, in the poem. Yes. And, you know, I thought of um, To Kill a Mockingbird and the idea of they don't hurt anyone. They just bring mm -hmm. joy. And then that there's another line that says, some are secretive and break the chimes so she won't know their comings and goings. I, I thought about wind chimes and how they, you know, I mean, you can't see the wind, but you can hear mm -hmm. it, especially if there's a chime and Totally, totally. <laughs> There's one other thing that I have to point out. The idea of shining shoes and shoehorns. Like shoehorns, that was, that was magical. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for, for sharing that. I'm glad that you did. Um, is there anything Thank else you. you want to say about your work before we jump to Rich? No, no, I'm, I'm really excited to hear Christian read his poem. Groovy. Well, Rich, you have the floor. Cool, cool. That was a lot of fun. I got to follow along in the in the book all right so tamales on christmas page 143 it is tamale saturday the day the colors of the rainbow break bread today these brown hands will be coated in masa and mama and memory a family pattern like plaid on stripes will go to war with corn husks and grandma lupe's recipe handwriting today i am not artist nor social media handle I am not black boy joy nor brown boy dead. I am a baby before its first gulp of tap water. The oldest cousin still hesitant to clink forks at the adult table. Today we pick up the placemats Tia and Big Mama and Papa Sisto left behind. We've never been the same since they died. We grew into something stronger and weaker at the same time. Most ourselves when colors don't match but meat is tender and masa has no clumps and air is clean like a mind that is reconciled with its last meal. Thank you. All right. So when I think of meals, I think of fellowship and that, that there's an underlying theme of togetherness and knowing the backstory of the loss really made this much more powerful. 
um, you start your piece with Saturday. It's on Saturday. Why Saturday? Because uh, that's the day everybody's free. <laughs> that's what everybody got availability on Saturday. So that's the day that we all make, uh, make food together. And so that's the tradition. On Saturday, you guys come together. Yep. Uh, every Saturday before Christmas. Yep. And later, about in the fourth stanza, you, you say, today we pick up the placemats. And um, can you talk about that? What, what's, what is significant about the placemats? Sure. So, uh, you know, at my grandparents' house, they, they literally have these placemats that everybody has that, uh, like, when you go and you start laying out all of the corn husks and the masa and putting the masa in the corn husks, it's a messy process. So we've got a lot of placemats on the table. Um, and then usually everybody is responsible for cleaning up their own place that they were kind of constructing all the tamales, right? And so... Uh, given the fact that there are people that are now gone, um, it's up to us to pick up those placemats yes. um, that, that they otherwise would have cleaned up, you know? And that's really what it is, the idea of legacy. It's up to us to carry on, no matter who we lose in the process. And that's what your anthology is doing. You are carrying on the vision that started way back before you became a superhero, you know, before you said Avengers symbol. And you had Jonathan come in and help get the party start. <laughs> um, so, so that's beautiful. I, um, I'm wondering, I noticed that you have alliteration in here where you said Black Boy Joy uh, or, or nor Brown Boy Dead in your rap, your rap music. Do you, what, what sound devices, figurative language do you rely on, um, you know, when you're performing or when you're writing? Uh, really, all the same rules that apply to poetry, I apply to every verse that I write. I actually just, I had a show um, last week, and when I got off stage, somebody had, uh, had like, just given some props to one of the songs that I did and was like, yo, when you did that one song, um, like, all of the all of the lines were like the same amount of syllables that like that you were rapping and I was like damn I'm, I'm surprised that you noticed most people don't notice that but there is a, a craft that goes into each of the verses you know so um there, there's got to be like an entertainment factor to it you know you can't you, it's it's not poetry so there is kind of like people go to a concert to to really just feel not necessarily to to pay attention like you would in, in a poetry reading right um not that you don't go to concerts for that also, but um, I always want there to be some type of craft behind the music that I write because uh, I'm a poet by, by nature, so. Indeed, indeed. And Natalie, you're a writer. What's happening in your writerly life? I have, uh, I've crossed, I've crossed the border from poetry into nonfiction. <laughs> um, so I, I got an MFA in poetry, um, graduated last year, and I'm now getting a second MFA in nonfiction or creative nonfiction. Um, and I think I, I'm not out of love with poetry. My, I will forever be a poet and poetry is what brought me into the literary world in general. Um, but what I'm doing right now is kind of taking a bit more space uh, with the topics that I'm interested in and the essay is a long form you know it can be sprawling <laughs> and um and I think for for the kind of topics that I'm kind of looking at and researching um I'm feeling 
lucky to have a bit more of that kind of space or breathing room to do that work. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing. And um, so, so Peter, your poetic journey, as you pointed out, began with trepidation. 1994, rookie teacher, newly drafted. Still, you embodied a remix of Spider-Man's quote, with great responsibility comes great power. Like I said, you were like Avengers Assemble. Jonathan came through, accepted the call, and because of your collective efforts, you guys are now like what I want to say, the Marvel multiverse, where the poetry verse is your superpower. So Natalie girl, I know you might be doing some nonfiction, but guess what? You still gonna lean on, lean on some poetry. <laughs> um, so kind of just thinking, Professor Xavier, I mean, Professor um, Peter <laughs> Parker, um, how might this work be used in the classroom? Yeah, well, first of all, Rich, is, Rich will have to translate all of what you just said, because I don't watch much Marvel. Uh, loving the He's a fanatic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this was designed to be a game changer in the classroom. So we wanted this book to be something that anybody could pick up and fall in love with poetry but particularly teachers like I had been to utilize this book and our, our subsequent uh, website to get students who are like me, who just are like, what, what's the point of this? I don't see myself in poetry. To open this book up and, and say, actually, I, I see myself or I see what I wanna be. And for teachers to have a tool like that at their disposal, and then this website that we've created with all these supplementary materials, perhaps I can share my screen to show you what I'm talking about in a moment, but I think it, it will be a, a true game changer. And that's, that's our hope. You know, we've been very fortunate in Oak Park where we have a very supportive school and a very supportive community, and particularly our English department that allows us to go take up their class time to do this work. And they revel in it and they're proud of it as well. Um, we just had sophomore slam uh, semifinals today. And by the way, we never show scores. Um, it's non-competitive while competitive at the same point, but we don't want to put a number on a poem. And, you know, teachers are really excited to see how their students did and to hear what other students have written and to get to know kids that they didn't know in the hallway and say, oh, I loved your poem about this, or I could relate to what you said about your aunt or whatever it may be. So... Um, what we did is, and I'm going to share my screen now, is we hired someone, wonderful Ellington Bramwell, through one of our uh, contributors, Jamal James, to design this website for us. So the overall website, it's also celebrating our spoken word club and program. So there are my parents from Columbus, Ohio, home of the Buckeyes. This is Avery R. Young, a local poet, who's one of the reasons why we have this club got my former uh, assistant, Adam Levin, who's doing the EP, Hip Hop Wing EP with Christian. Um, and this was from a Louder Than a Bomb event maybe three, four years ago. That's my current assistant, Noel. Um, that's the former youth poet laureate of the United States, Kara Jackson, who just visited and came to Tuesday's meeting. So it's kind of celebrating the, the impact that alumni have had on me and our students and the program. Um, but then when you click on respect the mic, you have our nice advanced praise, you have our cover, 
you have where the hip hop wing EP will occur. And then it's designed just like the book. So the first section of the book notes from here, and then you can click on, so we'll click on Asia. This is a poem we've been teaching alongside uh, Christian's poem. So you have Asia's full bio, the impact of poetry and spoken word club, favorite poets or lyricists. Christian and I put together writing prompts for every single poem that appear on those pages. And then you get a video of the poet reading the poem that's in the book, talking a bit about the writing process and maybe some writing advice. So I just think of myself back in 1994, struggling like hell to do this. If I had this to give to my students and for them to read through, and then they say, oh, wow, I really like Asia's poem, or, oh, I'm a, I'm a skateboarder. I don't like poetry, but I see this kid's a skateboarder. I'm going to go check out uh, his poem, and then I'm going to check out his page on the, on the website. And suddenly we have all these different hooks. And then, okay, uh, you liked Asia's poem? Check out Asia's prompts that are inspired by her poem. Maybe you can write more, you know? So we're extremely excited about this um, in terms of what it can do for classrooms, classrooms around the world. You know, a resource like that easily um, would supplement a poetry unit and enrich the whole experience um, regarding um, having living poets. A lot of times we rely on poets who are no longer, um, even though today's poets learn from them, right? And, and there is, it, it makes it tangible. Um, that resource is interactive um, and the prompts easily somebody can embed, let's say that they had to have standards aligned to it, easily looking at the prompts. And I just had a quick glimpse. I would love to play with your website, but um, easily we could align standards. We can align um, other works for illusion um, embedded within um, novel or you know even poetry, thinking of Shakespeare. I'm interested to see even what the prompts look like and how we can segue to other things. And then Natalie, I know that you do nonfiction, Boom, I bet there's some ties to nonfiction too. So you can't get away from poetry, girl. And even, even Rich, brother, I bet there are some lyrics, raps, um, uh, um, ties to hip hop embedded within the prompts because we can't get away from it. You know, it's a multiverse, sincerely. Um, there's so much to say, but I'm going to be quiet. Is there anything else that you want to add regarding um, that resource for teachers and students? Yeah, I'll speak and then I'll let uh, Rich in particular because we, we've been teaching from it a bit together. Um, so we're also looking to develop lessons that connect to Poetry Out Loud, to the PBS documentary, Poetry in America. Mm -hmm. um, so to you talk about those illusions, we're going to try to make some of those connections and have unit plans. And we're also going to work on, uh, we're going to probably be partnering with Denison University's creative writing program, Margot Singer's phenomenal, uh, to do a competition where students would uh, write poems inspired by poems from the book, talk a little bit about the inspiration, and then they could win a prize, their teacher could win a prize, but also teachers creating lesson plans, how they can utilize this. And then we'll have an additional supplementary materials for our website that some of those could go on as well. So it's this growing, living, growing thing. 
if I if I have time to add too, uh, number one, I think we just got to give some props to to Peter Kahn for putting something like this together. There is no other program that I know of in the in the country or in the world that is as strong. Uh, no other poetry program that is as strong as the one that's at Oak Park and River Forest High School. And this is the person that that has sustained it for the last twenty two years. Our professor X, you know, our 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 leader. Um, and to to get all of these people together in one book, and 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 I think poet, which you you touched on it, it's not it's part of it is showing students what a poet even looks like. I, th I think we we have this like weird image in our head of like like this dream image that of of what a poet looks like, but it really it looks like me and Natalie and everybody else that is in the book. I'd be hard pressed to you know if you found a student that couldn't relate to at least one poet that is in this book, you know. Um, and, and the accessibility of the website is just another, that is like such an added bonus that nobody asked for, but everybody needs, you know? Um, and, and again, Peter was the one that was able to put all that together. So I, for the last three and a half years, literally watched him every single day put in work into this thing and, and to be able to hold it and to be able to promote it. Um, you know, I, I will ride for this book for real. Um, and, and I can't say that about a lot of books. So, uh, you know, props to, Props to Peter Kahn, for real. Well said. And um, there is an added component of homeschool because a lot of times kids in homeschool don't get the privilege of poetry in such a way. So homeschools will be able to benefit from the resource. Um, you know, Dr. Maya Angelou said, you are the sum total of everything you've ever seen, ever heard, ever eaten, smelled, been told, forgot. It's all there. Everything influences each of us. And because of that, she tries to make sure her experiences are positive. Clearly, Peter, Natalie, Rich, you and your writing siblings have preserved this amazing experience. On top of that, you invited us to fellowship with you. Thank you. Thank um, you. Our write out, absolutely. And so our write out. Thanks for prompt, having us. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. 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 You are welcome. And we're going to stay connected um, for sure. So our write out prompt um, encourages listeners to embrace Dr. Angelo's words and to find inspiration in your works. So the, the goal is to explore life within a setting, sounds, smells, sights, spatial orientations, and sensations. Go outside and feel the heat or the cold the conflicts, the con contentments, discern the difference between desire and distress, experience the passage of time, watch a sunset or a sunrise, stargaze, pick a moon phase for this writing prompt is place-based. Maybe you write in the kitchen while your cousin is cooking, huh, Rich, what, on Saturday? <laughs> Maybe you ride to the DMV and stop and people watch or you go alone to a bistro order a cup of joe and listen so slow to the pace of the day. Maybe your seed thought is something someone is trying to say or something someone should not have said. Maybe you cuddle your grandfather's favorite chair. It doesn't matter where, just pick a place and weave some words. First, brainstorm a list of unconventional writing spaces where you can embrace the experience. Then go to that place, create a poem, a journal entry, a fake memory, some nonfiction, right, Natalie? A spe or simply retell what you see, hear, feel, taste, or smell. Oh, and take a pal with you.
All right. All right. All right. We got we got ourselves a show to be shared with classrooms across the country. Um, I was impressed by reading the book, but I can tell you right now that this particular episode of The Right Time needs to be shared in classrooms all across the United States because the poets that you brought in, uh, the brilliant inspiration of Mr. Khan, uh, this work can be done and it needs to be done. Tanya, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm overwhelmed. I, as I do in many right time shows, but particularly this one, I have cried. I have also laughed. Poet, I've enjoyed your um, hosting, so thank you so much. I think more than anything, though, Peter, I um, from the first question when Natalie and um, Christian talked about you as their teacher, I thought of that question that Taylor Molly asked us, what does a teacher make? And I think um, you must, at this point in your career, I know, um, you have built this thing and you've put all these people in the world out into the world doing this beautiful work and um what well, you've made is amazing and uh, you must be really proud although you are always so quiet and humble but you must be really proud to have this book and to hear them speak about you and their experience of your uh of their experience at oak park um and it's really lovely for you all to come and share it with us and so many teachers in our community will um, take inspiration and hopefully direction from this show. I'm, I'm... Well, and you know, Tanya, you know I took directions from poets initial. Uh oh. So here Bring we go. It. Bring I it. I used what's where what write write about a space right a love letter to a space dear Zoom. Dear Zoom, kaboom, room, sacred, Brady, bunch, bonanza, box, tomb, who love, Tanya, 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 in a grandiose, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha world. I'll keep this short, twirled, swirled, and whirled like I'm folding a note under a middle school desk. Hey, will you go out with me? Oh, so can you see how much I love this right time serenity amidst this COVID calamity? National Writing Project, you set us free, and poet, Robbins, Peter, and Natalie, I don't feel conned. Nope, enriched in harmony. I respect the mic. Yo, we got family. Thank you. <laughs> okay, Brian. Crying. All I did was cry. <laughs> Whoa. You, all Brian. right. All right. <laughs> uh, that's all I can say. <laughs> uh, Peter, thank you so much for reaching out to me. I actually want to talk to you again soon about how National Writing Project teachers might interact with your projects coming up. So look forward to hearing from you again. Uh, Natalie and Christian, thank you for being on the show. Congratulations on this publication. I know it's in a long line of publications and performances for the two of you, but we're really happy to celebrate it here. And listeners, I know that you are wondering how you've never been here before, if that's the case. So if you want to follow along with the right time, please don't miss another episode. Go to nwp.org where you can sign up for our newsletter and never miss a show. Also, if you're really interested in working with other teachers who write and teach writing, consider joining us in the studio. That's um, at studio.nwp.org. You'll find over 3,000 teachers who are there writing, teaching, and talking about writing and teaching writing. Uh, thank you, everyone. Have a great You're listening to NWP Radio, a production of the National Writing Project. NWP. NWP Radio.